beaches. <laughs> yep. Stuff that washes up, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember that one. Feet. Weren't they feet? Yeah, there was a whole thing where feet were washing up on beaches. Like, yeah. all over the place. That's pretty cool. Yeah. We do some crazy, weird episodes. Yeah. They're just, like, disembodied feet? Yep. I don't know whose idea that one was, but... It was in the news, I think, at the time. Yeah. <laughs> there was, like, a lot of stories that were coming out about it all of a sudden. So then it was like, well, maybe we should look into it. Stuff made from human skin. That was another one. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Yeah, if, you, if you're gonna be like a killer, you gotta do something really unique. Something mm -hmm. people remember, like make cannolis out of fingers. Head gains. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he had pretty much everything. Yeah. Roller skates, lampshades, gloves. <laughs> you name it, he probably made it. <laughs> There's like three it's things that we always intro. find a way to like talk about: serial killers, Mothman. You know, and like the worst episodes we've ever made. Yeah, we have to bring it up every time. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. go back and listen to episode. I remember 19. watching the, the Mothman movie as a kid, and that's I was terrified of bridges for the longest time. Anytime we drove over a bridge, like nope, 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 gonna yep. die today. <laughs> Gotta look out for that Mothman. Yep. Yeah, we keep saying we're gonna go to Point Pleasant at some point too, because they have a Mothman festival every year. That's pretty rad. Yeah. Maybe oh that's God. why he doesn't do anything anymore. He's he's happy. Oh well, he gets seen sometimes still. Yeah. It's yep. rare though. That's why I find him the most fascinating out of all the weird creatures. I was gonna say there's there's some really cool things that like crypts are still being invented mm -hmm. like to this day. Like you look at like the Slenderman phenomena, and then you go look at it. It was like it was a college like paper or or a project for two guys, and then some yep. friggin' twelve year olds out there stabbing her friends for something. I know. <laughs> we were talking about this the other day. Some of like the weird things that have come out just from like the internet and TikTok. Yeah. Like oh Momo. yeah, there's like the the, the fad Momo. Of, Momo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you. Um. So we have a gaming group that like play video games. Like five to ten of us on occasion, and uh, we we sought the Momo number out for like hours one night. Really. Somebody <laughs> trying to get a hold of her, and all of us were like any. Uh, every corner of Reddit that we could find, because that's that's where you find things, of right? Course. Is Reddit. Yeah, yeah. Any corner of Reddit to find the Momo number that you have to text to like get her to interact with you. Anything we were trying, and all of them were either disconnected or it was not real. But we we tried our dangdest for like a whole night for like six hours. That was a crazy phenomenon. That blue whale. Yep. Where it was like that game that came out. Yep. Where we were talking about that, where they were basically like giving that's, you challenges. But that's what that's what Momo creepier. was. Oh, yeah. Momo was kind of like a new age blue whale. It was like yeah. a next generation mm -hmm. blue whale. And they're like, if you don't if you don't do this, we'll expose all of your social media. Fine, do I know. it. I don't got much to do. <laughs> it's like so crazy. Like when I was growing up, it was like Bloody Mary. Like you went into a bathroom, you yep. turned the lights off, mm -hmm. you like said that three times, and you flipped the lights on. And it's everything's even been scared. like the dawn of cell phones, right? I remember oh, like yeah. the send this to five people or I'll kill you, and it's like a little gif of like a girl running at you with a knife <laughs> yeah. or something, and like or, or just a picture of like the girl from the Grudge, and like I never saw the Grudge, but I was scared. Yeah, now, you're you like, know? Oh, five people. Yep, <laughs> yeah, I'll just here we do go. Sure. Grandma, grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even got so they they got a landline, but shit, I'm sending it to them. It's crazy how social media has influenced things, especially in this kind of field. But tonight, tonight. we're talking about haunted bars. Yeah. Yeah. This is Parababble. This is Parababble. <laughs> we're back, Robin Allison, mm -hmm. and we are back with our special guest, Doug Carlson. Hi. Yeah, he liked it so much the last time he <laughs> stuck around. Yeah. Came back for a little for a little more parababble. Well, we figured this would be right up your alley again because now we're talking about haunted bars and, you know, 
I'm sure you've probably had a couple experiences working in some places. Yeah, I've uh, I've managed bars for almost a decade now, and um, I've I've spent plenty of nights alone in scary buildings, locking up or, or doing inventory or cleaning. Or so I, I got a few spooky stories to bring out. Sounds awesome. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's exactly what we would yeah. want to do. Exactly. We've spent a couple of nights in creepy Haunted buildings. Places. Yep. We're yeah, not cleaning while we're there, but no, you know, right. we're just kind of aimlessly walking We're just checking things out. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, when we talk about phenomenon of haunted places, it's like one thing that always comes up is like, what makes it haunted? Like, why? Why that particular location? Why that particular thing? Right. And, you know, when you think about how many people, just the sheer amount of people in and out of those kinds of buildings, those kinds of establishments, it's ripe for being haunted. Right. You know, so much energy being left behind, so many things that happen. Yeah, I was, I was just going to mention that. So, like, me personally, and I'm not, again, hating on, I said this last episode, I'm not hating on what you believe, you know, you're wrong, probably, Allison, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't hate on it what anyone believes, but me personally, I'm a huge energy person. You know, whenever we're having bad times, my fiance and I, I tell her, you know, put out good vibes. Good vibes attract, attract, attract good vibes. So, like, I think it's very plausible of like you have a bad night you go drinking your energy's left behind you know you're leaving that almost echo of energy so i don't i don't know if it's necessarily like ghosts particularly in my opinion are like these living entities that are doing things purposefully or if they're like echoes of bad energy that are repeating the same thing they've done right um and so yeah when you when you get bars like that's that's a huge vulnerability you know we talked about kind of the effects of alcohol in the last episode there's a huge vulnerability when you're drunk you're sitting there you're complaining about this that or the other thing you're going through a breakup so you go get drunk trying to look for a hookup or or you know you just whatever you lost your job so those negative emotions you start drinking and then you feel better you go home but those negative energy left or behind it echoes and uh you know you have a list i have a list of some spooky places a lot of the things on my list i can't talk to yours but are like people died you know so that that negative terror that energy of terror that they feel right before they die or anger um from doing the killing is left behind as an echo and and so in my personal opinion that's kind of way why these hotels bars and stuff tend to be haunted yeah well we talk about that a lot you know anything that's got some kind of a tragedy to it you know if you think about the emotions when you're happy versus the emotions when you're scared what do you feel more intensely right i mean terror obviously yeah it does a lot more. that's the most and that's why we feel like a lot of times when we're dealing with especially haunted houses like actual houses that people are living in that aren't you know establishments that aren't you know these public places one of the things that we consistently hear is how scared people get living in those environments well that always can have the potential to amp up whatever is happening so we always tell people that you know when it's your own house and you're uncomfortable the first thing you have to learn how to do is to claim your space right so that you're in charge again and you're not letting the emotions affect you so much right and if you look at you know past cases of poltergeist and things of that nature it's always usually emotion based you know something's going on within that family absolutely so it's, you could be really happy at a bar, right? Or you could be really unhappy at right. a bar, but Absolutely. either way, you're still feeling something in a pretty intense way, right? And then if you're going to talk about how energy imprints, you know, you're going to talk about the kinds of things that bars are made out of, and a lot of times we talk about, you know, limestone or quartz yeah. or, you know, even marble, marble, uh, porous, bar tops, porous wood, you know. right? Yeah. All of those Absolutely. kinds of things that are going to be again something that's going to make that imprint even stronger, right? So, 
when we're talking about haunted bars, haunted restaurants, taverns, pubs, you know, the older it is, the better, I guess, huh? Yeah, I yeah. mean, the it's more... It's like the more history. Right, the more energy... <laughs> the more things sense, that have gone right? wrong there. Yeah. Well, you, you know, yeah, you hear uh, uh, kind of a funny thing. is like, why, why are all the the ghost stories happening in like these dark decrepit buildings or really old buildings why aren't they happening in new age apartments like because they had time for all this energy to go in and out of them and for a few of those energies to be imprinted you know it, it takes time for that to happen i think for sure and i feel like for some of us that can kind of feel things more than others it's like when you walk into some of those environments you can instantly feel the difference right you know and it's you don't necessarily notice it so much when there's a ton of people around, but as soon as those areas start to clear out and there's less people involved, yeah. it becomes really obvious. Like, you know, what makes you feel comfortable? What doesn't like, Ooh, that area doesn't right. feel so great to me. Well, it's just like, it's like the laws of magnetism, you know, some metals aren't magnetic where others are. So, you know, if I'm, if I'm a copper penny walking into a building, I don't feel anything better, you know, but if you're like a solid iron, you walk in and all that stuff is immediately clung to you and you feel it. It's, uh, I definitely think it depends on the person and the environment. Absolutely. So we're going to get into it. Yeah. And talk about some cool places. Cool. Haunted bars. So yeah. let, me, let me start with one of my, my youngest memories here. Right. And so when I was before, this is real local too. Um, when, when I was before drinking age, before I was working in bars and stuff, um, my parents took me up to a vineyard uh, on the Niagara Trail, heading up there. I think you know the name of it. We've mentioned it. I don't remember the name of it, but Marjam. Is it Marjam Manor? Marjam Manor. I, I think a ghost show or two have been there, but yeah. Um, I went there with one of my friends. We had to be, I, I would guess, somewhere around thirteen, and uh, my parents were at the the front foyer room trying all the wines at the wine bar. Meanwhile, we knew they advertised they're haunted. You know, it's an attraction point for them. And so my friend and I are wandering the estate, and we end up uh, on the very back side of the building is a, is a chapel set up for weddings and whatnot. And if you go up to the altar to the right, there's like a little wing of rooms. And we wandered over to that point. We opened a door, and there was an old lady with a bunch of desks and, um, excuse me, what I remember to be typewriters. And she turned around, saw us in the room, and was like, you don't, you're not allowed in here and kind of ushered us out, closed the door. We then go back and we um, we apologize to like my mom and dad and the lady at the desk and they're like, hey, we, yeah, we accidentally went back there. Like we weren't meaning to, we were just kind of wandering. And um, the lady at the desk told us that she was the only one working that day. So we being curious, we went back to the door and looked through the keyhole this time and absolutely nothing was in that room just a few cardboard boxes or, or something. No desks, no typewriters, no old lady. So that was pretty bananas. Cut forward a couple of years later, we go back again. And uh, this time, in the middle of the um, thing is a long, uh, uh, the building is a long hallway that kind of separates like the tasting room from that chapel area. And we're walking down um, next to my father and across the way is a glass case of like display items and in the sun just reflecting just the right way off of that glass cabinet you can see clearly my father's feet my feet and another pair of feet next to mine and obviously there was no one next to me cut forward a couple more years we go back one more time and i back i went back since then when i was old enough to drink but i uh i, I didn't have anything crazy happen that time but this third time we went and um 
I was in the main tasting room and I didn't notice this. My mother picked it up, but I was just happened to pick up a bottle near the far side of the room and I'm reading the label, looking at the label, thinking it's cool. And the door next to me is slowly opening and closing, opening and closing. And I couldn't see it. But my mother pointed it out. So I had a, I had a bunch happen there well before I could even like drink alcohol. Um, and so you, you weren't drunk. You know, was you know not, those were was, sober experiences. I was not drunk, but yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they they say that whatever ghost is there knows knows me pretty well. I guess that old lady or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty crazy stuff to like wrap your head around it, being like thirteen and progressing to like. 14, 15, 16, well, whatever. for sure, to have a couple experiences at the same place is unique in itself. Margin Manor is located in Appleton, New York, and there are a lot of stories about that place, including a death at the staircase. I remember that story specifically, and I only remember it because I happened to go there, and I was sitting on the staircase, and the woman that um, owns that vineyard came over and was like, is there a reason why you're sitting like right there? And I was like, no, and she's like, well, that's where one of the kids that had lived at the house before it was a vineyard had passed away. He had fallen down the stairs and that was the end of him. So there's a lot of different things that I think have happened on that property there, which makes it, you know, unique. And I know that there's been at least like ghost hunters have gone there, like taps has gone there. Yeah. I'm sure that there's been some local stuff and they do public investigations every once in a while there. Um, and it is kind of like a cool place just to go and walk around. Right. I myself, for the times that I've been there, have not necessarily had anything happen that I can remember. But I feel like when we've been there, it's been mostly like public kind of stuff. I have never been there. You've never been there? Uh, yeah. I don't know how I've not, but I haven't. I don't know how you haven't either. That's interesting. They do like all sweet, rather sweet fruit wine. So if you're into that, it's a good place to go get it pretty locally. Yeah. You should go check it out. Yeah. Maybe, the, maybe you'll see the woman with the yeah, typewriter. She'd yell at me. She probably would yell at you. Run, run back in that I would room. love that. That would, that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Rob's like, I've been living for this. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's an awesome story. I mean, <laughs> you talk about like skepticism. Like, she could have just went in the other room with her typewriter. I don't know, man. But yeah. It was. I doubt thir- it. 13 year old of me was no. like pretty surprised when I went back and nothing, she wasn't there anymore, you know? Well, I feel like sometimes the best stories that you hear from people, like the best accounts, are when they're not. In the capacity of trying yeah. to like, yeah, be that's there what to look makes those things. stories. Right, right. It just it yeah. evidently happened. It's like yes. you weren't poking around looking for right. ghosts. Right. You, know, you were just like... the right time, the right situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you were able to kind of just like glimpse that veil. Right. That, you know, when we're there and we're purposefully trying to find it, it's harder sometimes. And for me, like, I had I had one of my childhood friends there with me, and to this day, like, we can tell each other, like, say, like, yeah, we saw that. You know, it, it's good to reassure it with somebody else to be like, Yep. Yes, this friend of mine also saw what I saw. We agreed what we saw, and I'm not just making it up. You know, I'm not just seeing things. We both, you know, it's validity there. For sure. We always try to make sure that when we're trying to give evidence to people that we don't tell anybody anything unless there's at least two of us that can verify it. Right. You know, because that's important. So I was doing a little research about just some haunted bars, taverns in America, like in general. And um, I came across a couple of really cool ones. And I think that you guys have some of the same ones. So maybe we can talk about the place in New Orleans first. The, uh, Since old, everybody seems to have some info on that. Old Absinthe House. Yeah. Yeah, this is a cool story. And, and the episode before, we, we talked kind of the history of Absinthe and why it has such a notorious name. 
but um, this is another story that spawns from that, right? I don't know what story you were reading, but um, the one for me was like a colonist and a, a voodoo um, pra pra practicer were uh, drinking absinthe one night and things got um, kind of out of hand and that kind of set the uh, the haunted scene for this bar um, from the, the history I was looking at. Yeah, so it looks like, do you have... Yeah, I was going to say that. I saw that one too and, and they're like, yeah, because that's the thing like with this, like there was so much cool history behind it and I think the one that I liked the most was like the story um, in 1815 General Andrew Jackson was there, and he supposedly met with uh, the infamous pirate John Lafette to like recruit the pirates oh, okay. to fight with yeah, them. Yeah. And he was like gonna give them all pardons and like right or um, immunity, I guess, so that they would help them win the war. So you talk about like energy imprints, like that's that's big right mm -hmm. there, you know. Yeah, lots of people have said that they've seen the ghost of Marie Laveau there, who is the voodoo priestess mm -hmm. of New Orleans. Right. Um, some kind of a creepy woman in a long white dress is seen there a lot. And yeah. they claim to have the world's best gin and tonic. That, that they do. Yeah, which I, I thought was to interesting, too. Yeah, it's like, come for the ghost, stay for the gin and tonic. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they see, uh, they said in the, the article I was reading was like, don't, don't be afraid if the bottles or chairs move around on you. I'm just picturing, like, going to sit in the bar. The yeah. <laughs> underneath it. Like, all right, guys. Yep. Like, somebody's got some kind of, uh, you know, jokester right, spirit right. going on there. But that's, yeah, that's that's crazy. And we, I was just in New Orleans probably two or three years ago, and I wish I, wish I knew about this. Right? Went Don't you just, like, oh, man, if I had only known. Yeah. Well, I know. That, that city, there's, like, so many places. Mm -hmm. It's, like. Well, this one, if I'm correct, is like right on Bourbon Street, right? Yeah, it I think is. So. Yep, yeah. and it was—it's a landmark that goes back to 1798. So, you know, New Orleans back then versus New Orleans now. Right. And I mean, this again—you talk about energy imprinting. You know, that's longevity. You talk about like the hurricanes that have hit, the the turmoil of the war, like with Andrew Jackson and everything. It's it's a lot of energy to flow in and out of a building. Yeah, and just the amount of people, even right. still to this day, that are in right. and out of a place like that. What I couldn't find and I was kind of curious about is why it was called the Old Absinthe House. I didn't see anything about that. I also didn't see anything on that, but I do know, like, abs again, absinthe is really popular in French culture, and obviously there's a lot of French culture, and there's a whole French quarter in New Orleans, um, so that definitely could have just translated that way. I found a little bit about that. I guess, like, when it first opened in, like, the mid-1800s, um, they had coffee houses, was what they called them or no cafes is where you went for coffee and they had coffee houses in quotes where you would go for other things like um drugs or <laughs> questionable things like absinthe because you know the green fairy and right. the whole stigma behind that so that's where they they would serve that there then i guess it grew in popularity from there and it actually was called alex's coffee house oh okay that, that makes sense yeah, yeah. And it was renamed the Absinthe Room in 1874. So they've kind of just stuck with that yeah, and I as guess their history. They, they had a mixologist who created the Absinthe House Frappe. Sounds interesting. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Black licorice Frappe. 
So it's on the bucket list, right? We should go there if we ever go to New Orleans. Yeah, throw that on the list, too. It's yeah, wonderful. Just... I don't know if you've been, but it's wonderful. Go to the old Absinthe House. See, I would like to go, but I feel mm-hmm. like, I don't know if I would do Bourbon Street, because I just so... feel like there's so much... Yeah, there's a lot. ...debauchery there, yeah. and it gets kind of crazy, so I don't know how I'd feel about it. But if I had a specific <laughs> destination to go to, right? you know, I think that might be a little different. Um, yeah, so I've, uh, I've spent... You know, I, I kind of have a ritual when I when I manage a bar where once a month, usually near the end of the month, I stay overnight or, or well past after hours, pull everything off of the bar, and then put everything back on and kind of deep clean every nook and cranny of the bar to make sure it stays clean. Um, and that, that way it goes kind of above the, the daily cleansing cleansing of the bar. And um, so that that's left me behind in, you know, in buildings, um, you know, until 2, 3 a.m. when we closed at 10 kind of thing. Um, one particular place, actually pretty local, I was I was running a uh, the bar at a, a golf course, a private golf club over in um, your neck of the woods, actually. And I was doing that, and, and that kind of stuff always creeped me out. Um, you know, the, all the lights are out, you know, the change, because it's a golf co- course, they had, like, the locker rooms, we're all pitch dark and you know the golf course you could kind of see out into it but not very far so people could be lurking always really really creeped me out um and so i, I was always trying to be like see and you'd hear you know bumps and cricks and and things like that and always be paranoid and it, it was definitely a, a it gives that eerie creepy feeling to you um so things things like that have always led like i would hear something and think it was something out of the ordinary and it wasn't i i would try and rationalize in my head oh it's nothing it's just building settling um but <clears throat> one particular time this was happening right is i uh, i was the regional bar manager for amf the bowling company and i was running a bar uh well i was running all the bars in new york state pretty much and my home base was out in gates in rochester and i was closing up shop and everything and if you know, like a bowling center, this is a really, really big one. There's probably 40 plus lanes. Excuse me. And then they had like all the machinery behind the wall um, with a full bar, with a full kitchen. And then like the guest check, a couple, a little bit of our arcade, a whole, whole nine. And uh, I'm closing up with another person as well as like my ride at the night. We were ride sharing um, with, with my roommate. And so he was kind of waiting for me. We were closing up and both me and my roommate at the time heard a slam of a door and the three of us were all at the front counter so no one else should be in the building right now we do do a protocol where we sweep the building for people in case like guests can't stay behind in the bathrooms or something like that but now i'm petrified to do that (laughs) (laughs) especially because part of that sweep is going and walking the machine line on the back side of of the lanes which is creepy in its own right you know and um we end up him he walked with me and at this time usually i would walk it alone but he walked with me and we searched the whole back machine line every room every nook and cranny the walk-in coolers everything and uh couldn't couldn't find a single thing and i was like i i worked literally like all the everyone in new york state so like six different locations i would do this kind of thing for um and never never really had a there's a really spooky one in um Syracuse the Syracuse AMF has like a whole underground tunnel system because like they like service tunnels under it I guess I don't know and that that was really really creepy but nothing ever happened there it was like in Rochester my home one 
this one specific time a door just slams as hard as it possibly could couldn't even find where the door would like close couldn't even <laughs> find like a closed door that was like hey this shouldn't be closed you know um and you, you try and rationalize like maybe someone slipped out of one of the emergency exits or something like that but yeah. it, it was very scary very like I, I had like raised hairs goosebumps walking with my best friend at the time uh, uh searching the bathrooms every stall and like announcing like hey if you're back here <laughs> i'm gonna get you <laughs> well i feel like you know a lot of times when we get called into places it's because employees are feeling uncomfortable yeah. you know and bosses yeah. are like listen we're losing staff people are wanting to quit they're they're saying there's something going on and it reminds me of a location that we went to in Lewiston, New York, where we were getting some of that kind of feedback from the person that owned this this restaurant slash bar that, you know, there was just certain areas in the building that were super uncomfortable. Staff refused to go by themselves. It was like posing a problem because if they were in a rush and they needed stuff, like nobody would go down to like this particular area. Yeah. And I remember the first time we walked in there, and it was an older building, too. And for Lewiston, New York, it borders Canada. So there was a lot of Underground Railroad stuff that happened that went back and forth. And there was speculation that one of the tunnels underneath the restaurant had some connection to the Underground Railroad. And, of course, you know, you hear all these stories, and we're like, yeah, 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 we'll go in there. We'll figure it out. Everywhere we go, it's Underground Railroad. But as I was kind of talking with Rob about Mm -hmm. it earlier, some of those things are starting to come back to me. And I don't know if you remember that we were hearing conversation in the dining room, but there was nobody in there. I do remember that now that you mention it. Yeah. Yeah. I think we probably even have audio of it somewhere. Probably. We were literally, like, all in one area, kind of just, like you know, getting a feel for things. And we heard a conversation going on in like the dining area, like a, it's like a formal dining area. Yeah. And we were like, somebody's got to be in there. And I remember us like all going in there and there was nobody in there. Um, I think that there was also a situation where a chair was moved at one point, And then the biggest complaint was about where they kept their liquor. So you working in the industry that you have, like most of the times it's in the basement somewhere. It's in like some creepy place to begin with that nobody wants to go in. But their liquor cage happened to be in that like beginning part of the tunnel. So if you went down, it was all stone walls, stone steps. You remember it was like super dangerous to even go up and down. And some people had been hurt like because, you know, the walls would kind of leach and get wet sometimes because of how close it was to the the gorge. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And the first time we ever went down in there, it was kind of like, okay, I could see how people would be creeped out by this. Right. I remember spending some time down there by myself just because, and yeah, I got that weird feeling, you know. Yeah, for sure. And there was no EMF going on because we checked no, all that stuff. It was dead. But a lot of the employees would say that they felt like they were touched down there, um, you know, like especially a lot of the girls, that it was just really super uncomfortable. And, you know, we can't say definitively one way or the other what was going on, but I think that each one of us kind of felt when we left there that, okay, there's there's validity to some of this. We right. can see that there was potential for it. Right. Oh, that's cool. Where I work, I mean, you, you talk about, like, the Underground Railroad. We're at a very unique location, right? We're, like, one of the last steps for them before they hit Canada. And um, so you see a lot of that. The, the place I'm currently kind of daytime bar time daytime bartending is uh at my parents restaurant bistro 93 and um they have a down in the basement behind some of our coolers um i mean first of all you talk about like liquor cages and this and that the 
downstairs of this building is absolutely creepy. They, the first room is okay, but you go into that back room and there's very little light. The walk-in cooler is there and it's like a really old time wood paneled walk-in cooler that's like only five feet tall. Um, you know, they got half plank doors to the liquor room and stuff like that. Um, but behind one of the coolers, there's a pad, a very strange pad of like three inch concrete that looks like it, it, it's blocking off a tunnel. Mm. And I've told him, I said, hey, let's take a pickaxe to it one of these days. Let's yeah. see what's behind there. You know, if it's more concrete, whatever. But uh, it's, it's very strange. It's like, uh, I don't know, probably four feet tall and five feet wide. And it's just yep. a, a concrete slab that protrudes out from the wall. Yeah. So that's, that's very strange. We've done a couple different places where they've uncovered tunnels in general. Um, we did an investigation at a house out here in Lockport, New York, where it, at first everyone was kind of saying that the tunnels in their basement were for Underground Railroad, but upon further investigation, they thought it was probably more for bootleggers yeah. oh, okay. bringing liquor in. Yeah. That's what we find in the mar- yep. morgue. Like, like I said, everybody thinks Underground Railroad, but then you find out it's, no, it was Prohibition. They were hiding the booze down there. Yep. Yeah. They had I mean, underground. That makes sense, too. Yeah. Again, we're right across the border from Canada. So yeah, bringing it in, in, and yeah. that's how they got a lot of it in. So Absolutely. it's kind of interesting, the history of it. So I came across this place called the Public House Historic Inn in Sturbridge, Massachusetts. I literally have so, that as my second one. Oh, see, this is awesome. <laughs> I'm so glad because this is like, all right, yeah. cool. We were all kind of on the same page. So... Um, I thought, I thought this was really interesting because of where it's located. And they say that it's basically steps away from, quote unquote, the old burial ground. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff that goes on there, so much so that people have even had to change rooms. They've been so uncomfortable by some of the activity yeah, that they've they had. Yeah, they said they would book the bridal suite and then change rooms because it wasn't, things were happening. I saw that. Yeah, ghosts pop up in mirrors. That's a new one. Oh yeah, you see that's that new. I think I think it was funny because I think that that's a. I mean, talk to like go back to like the Bloody Mary concept. Like I've always thought people in general view mirrors as like a creepy doorway to the other side or something like that, or like a way to see things that aren't really there. Yeah, uh, you know, like vampires can't be seen in, in mirrors. I, yep. I think, think there's some stigma behind mirrors. There definitely is portals. Yep. Yep. We've done some experiments where we've set up a bunch of mirrors to kind of try to create like that parallel um, feeling. And, you know, but I feel like it's very disarming when you're just randomly looking in a mirror and there's somebody standing right behind you. I mean, that would creep me out. Even through all the stuff that we've seen, that would still creep me out. One of my uh, one of my top horror movies is Oculus. I don't know if you've seen that, but it's all about a haunted demon attached to a mirror. And it's all about like illusions. Yeah, it's trippy. She like she like bites into an apple and then she looks down and it's in a light bulb and she's like bleeding yeah. from her mouth. Oh and my god! Bananas, but yeah, that's um, that yeah. sounds crazy. I think I think mirrors have always like for me personally. I, I remember growing up and I was like, I don't want a mirror in my bedroom. That's creepy. So the ballroom of the public house is also said to be haunted by the founder Ebenezer Crafts, who appears in his colonial garb. So that's kind of interesting. That's another reason I think it's like energy impressions. Cause like if I'm a ghost and like a hundred years go by, I change your freaking outfit. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Why? That's Why? just how he appeared. Well, you know, it, you bring up an interesting point because we always kind of talk about the fact that like we get these EVPs and people obviously spoke differently right. in, you know, the 1800s, you know, mid century, like all these things. And we, we never really get EVPs with accents. It's happened to us like once. A few times. We don't get them with, like, these, you know, sayings of yesteryear. 
Right. It's always really interesting how it's that modern, phenomenon like, happens. Like we, have, we have, though. We had one. Remember uh, the History Which is Museum? alcohol related. It is. That's why I bring it up, too. Yeah. Well, so, share the story, Rob, because that's yes, a pretty please, good one. Yeah. So we uh, got an EVP from the Buffalo History Museum down in, like, their basement area. Oh, yeah. Uh, it came from a recorder that was just sitting there by itself. No one else was around. And there was two voices talking to each other. And it was a woman saying, are you ready for supper? In, like, a high-pitched voice. Or what is for supper? Right. And then there's a man, like, a much deeper voice, and he responds, hot rye. Hmm. And we didn't know what that meant at all at first. Like a rye sandwich, like bread? That's what I was thinking. Right. But then we Googled, and I guess it was, like, it was a drink back in, like, oh. that was popular back yeah, in, like, the yeah, 50s Yeah, like rye whiskey. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. One of these times, I got to sit down with you and, like, see some of your evidence. That oh, yeah. I would, I would thoroughly, Case, sh- Casey and I would have thoroughly enjoyed that. We could show you some night. stuff that would definitely kind Pl- of blow your mind a little. Please, yes. We'll have to yeah. set up a little drinking party where you show me all your evidence. Um, so talking about, like, the, the Beast 93 place, right? The basement isn't where anything happens, but... Apparently, it's notorious. It's went through a couple different names, a couple different owners, but one of the most famous owners was Ava, who did a bunch of, like, weird electrical to the building. There's, like, an archway, you've been there, that separates the main bar from, like, the addition to the building and, like, the dining room and everything. And if you look in the paint in that door or that archway, she paints it over, like, little light bulb sockets or whoever modernized it, paints it over little light bulb sockets because she had a light bulbs tracing her archway. Um, and she lived upstairs, and her name's Ava, and if, supposedly, from my parents, the owners, when they were renovating, um, everything, when you close what used to be her bedroom, and then, like, go back in it after closing it for a while, it smells extremely, like, women's perfume, like, a lot of, uh, floral aromas and stuff like that, so they always leave the door open, so it doesn't build up the smell, um, that's like where all our dry goods are. So I go in there like daily and I'm like, oh man, don't be up here, Ava. <laughs> don't be spraying me with your perfume. <laughs> You're not trying to make any waves. Right. You just want to live peacefully, <laughs> right. I'm coexist. Just, I'm just trying to grab some decotainers, man. <laughs> but no, I, I think that's pretty cool. And um, I mean, that, that building in, in general is huge. Like there's so much to that building. The attic, it could be a, a one bedroom apartment by itself. Yeah. You know, and... Um, so to, I, I definitely wouldn't wouldn't put it past that to have some kind of history there or a little bit of you know energy improvement. Oh yeah, for and sure. I, like I said, I keep bugging them to like let's let's break down that concrete pad downstairs. Let's see what's behind it. Um, we'll see if we ever get to. <laughs> <laughs> Just bring a jackhammer over. Right, you know day. what's going on? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, so another one that I came across that I thought was kind of cool. I had a cool name. Is Big Nose Kate's Saloon. I also I think we read the same article. In Tombstone, Arizona. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. One. Where is that? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. She mind. was a uh, she was a prostitute to Doc Holliday. Yep. Yeah, I have that one too. I think we were looking at the same article. The bar's ghost is actually a handyman who dug tunnels beneath this former hotel. Spectral hands encircling one's throat. Yep. Get get choked out. Cowboy ghosts on the staircase. That might have been what like the prostitute was into. And Kate's even so got she a she's even got a drink people. named after her. <laughs> yeah, she does a little shooter. I saw that. It's like yeah. butternut butternut uh, scotch schnapps and Irish cream. Which actually kind of sounded like it would be good. Real, real, <laughs> real thick. Yeah. 
<laughs> Real thick and creamy, but yeah. I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool thing. Yeah. You know, and these are places that, you know, they're kind of touristy areas, you know, Tombstone, Arizona. Yeah. I can see the whole. Right. Like, they lean into that shit. Yeah, and it's like, for like sure. Salem. So I went to Salem to Halloween's ago with Casey and uh, some other people. And that's when I proposed to her to be my fiance. Um, because we both love the creepy aesthetic and everything like that. And it's very touristy. Very, very touristy. There are some cool little back alley shops you can find that are authentic and such like that. Um, we did like a satanic walking tour where they, it was just the church of, of Satanism or whatever, however they go by and they give you a tour of the city and kind of give you a story about it. Um, but yeah, it was, uh. Very, very touristy. Very touristy. We've been there in the off season. Yeah. We went, I think, in April. Yeah, it wasn't. I think there was it nobody was there. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. That was the cool, best part. Well, that's good. Yeah. But we the stayed. Streets, the streets were crowded with just every. Oh, yeah. Every, yeah. Which yeah. was cool to it see. Was... A lot of people in costumes and stuff like that. I feel from like September to like November, it's like just stay away because it's like too crazy there. But when we went, it was relatively deserted. Yeah. And we got to see a lot of really cool stuff. And we actually stayed in one of the original houses of Salem. Okay. So the um, Daniel Inn, Daniel's house. Yes. It is a house that was built in 16, I want to say it was 1690s. Yeah. And it's got an extension on it now, but the original part of the house is still there that has like the hearth in it. Right. So every that's morning cool. we came down and there was like muffins from the hearth. Oh, that's We like cool. sat at this long wooden table yeah, and like yeah. had tea and ate muffins. Very cool. But the woman that used to own it, um, her name was Kay. She's since passed and there's some new owners there. But the house in general had some really cool stuff to it. And you actually had experiences in that house. Yes, I did. Yeah. Which was kind of crazy and i wish we could find the footage of us when we went around with the camera and just like looked at every single room because i'm sure it's might probably have it. still there i bet you i might still yeah. have it but we went to a bar while we were mm-hmm. there called in the pig's eye yep and it was kind of off the beaten path there wasn't okay. like yeah, yeah. everybody that was there was like local there wasn't right, many right. tourists there and i remember sitting in there and just like the feel of everything you know, like it the felt f- old. yes, yeah, like it just cool. feels yeah. like you're transported somewhere mm-hmm. else. Like right. the tables are so right. worn, you can like see the imprints yeah. from like everybody touching tables. them, and yeah. yeah, it was just such a cool vibe. And if you haven't, if you've gone there when it's been like that touristy time, do yourself a favor and go when it is off season. Yeah. Because it's an entirely different experience. Well, it's like we want to take. I think we've talked to you. We want to take a day trip off season to Lily Bell. Yep. Or not Lily Bell, Lily Dow. Yep. Um, and, and see, cause it's like a ghost town. It's like dessert. Cause that's almost cultish, right? It's like, they have a very specific hierarchy that runs the town. Everyone has to obey by the law. When you go buy a house, if you resell it, any profit you make goes back to like the council. Yeah. It's very, it's very culty. It's very, mm-hmm. well, you can't even you can't own drink. property there unless you're a registered right. medium and right. you have to go before right. a board and prove that you're a registered medium right. before so they'll let you even. That's rad. Property. That's rad stuff. That but they don't let you drink there. No alcohol is really? allowed in the entire town. Mm-hmm. You can't do any kind of card reading. Yep. Any kind of... Really? Yeah, why? they don't allow it. Do you know why? Because it's a spiritualist community. Okay. So it, it just... I think that the purpose of... They don't want anyone... Copping out with cards. Making fun right, of or right. like not taking it seriously right, right. because of what they do. Uh, we broke all those rules, though. Yes, we did, actually. We We did every single one of them. Yeah, we did. Um, Not intentionally, because we do. We we really 
we understand the culture there right, and right. we have a very real affinity to it um you know i myself go there quite a few times during the year mostly all off season stump service you know just in general being right. in that town and it has a lot to offer for people especially if you're into like a spiritual kind of background yeah but they have their own fire department they have their own post office yeah. there was a documentary that came out a couple years ago called the town that talks to the dead yeah, you mentioned that. It's on YouTube, right? I think it is. It, it was on, I, I don't know, like HBO or something when it first came out. Yeah, But it so. posed a lot of problems for the town because it had, I think, even more of like an influx of people coming. Right. And, you know, the stump that's there was kind of getting pulled apart by people trying to take pieces of it. Right. It's just like, it's anything else, you know? It's a good kept secret and then the word gets out right. and things happen. Yeah, her, her and I have talked about going out there. I mean, we, we love, like I said, we love that stuff. Oh, we, yeah. Um, for two two years now, uh, two years ago, I for her birthday, I locked um, her and like ten of our best friends up in the Rolling Hills Asylum, which is obviously a notorious place for anyone in the field. You know of it, and uh, it was it was fun. It was an experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it was cold. It was really cold. Her birthday is in uh, April, so I mean, it, it wasn't even. I mean, it's early spring, but it was still friggin' cold in that Oh, day. yeah. Um, and we split up into two groups because we didn't want to be, like, a mass crowd kind of going room to room, so we split up into two groups. Um, and her and I did, like, a public tour before that, and it was good, but you'd hear the other groups all over. So we were like, you know what, let's let's do a private one year, and I surprised her and got her uh, got us a private lock-in with our closest friends. And uh, we, we started at my buddy's bar in Batavia, had a few drinks, all carted out there in one big group, and uh, and did it and I don't know if we had I I have personally have one cool experience with it the others have their their own stories um, but if you I mean, you've been there I'm sure you know the morgue in the basement um, yeah you used to volunteer there right Didn't yeah you? Rob yes. and I both did oh okay cool yep numerous freezing cold oh, yeah. overnights with people like you guys coming in drunk yes. well, I would, whoa 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 Hi. drunk is not what I said <laughs> um, but no we were we were in the morgue. And if you know, like, um, the instructor or whomever, the lady there was like, if you go to the morgue, lay on the table, act like you are dying, and you'll feel chest compressions. Sounds familiar. And uh, so I, I'm the first one, like, hop up on the mortician table, and they have the mortician suit hanging there that apparently was his original suit. And as soon as I did, we had a video floating around in this somewhere. I don't know who has it nowadays, but... I was laying on the table acting like I was dying and immediately you see the suit turn through 180 degrees so it's backwards towards me. Like, hey, I know you're faking it. Like, I'm not helping you kind of thing. And then when we get up and start leaving the room, it turns back and faces the table, which I thought was pretty crazy. Yeah. And we had footage of that somewhere. And then, um, yeah, it was a cool experience. We we walked around, um, did the different rooms, like the, the lady in the top floor that doesn't like men. Um, you have to like knock, introduce yourself and such like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the one, the one green lit room where you see like people crossing the doors. So they always leave the doors closed, the double doors. And then we all ended up in the electricity room, the, the like big, it's down in that in near the tunnel. Um, it's a big open room and there's an electrical closet. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And a few of us, like, would go in the closet and, like, see if anything happened. But what was really cool, and it, more of a bonding experience for our friends more than, like, any paranormal activity, is, like, it was near the end of the, near the morning when we were supposed to leave. So we all just sat down there and told each other, like, our experiences, our number one experience of, like, 
interaction with ghosts or freaky things like that. So we just had ton of people talking because we were like, we saw every room in the house, in the building. We all explored it all. It's been six hours. So like, let's spend our last hour just chilling together. And so, I, you know, it's a really cool memory for me. And I have that suit turning around thing that I always remember. It's kind of, uh, how did that happen? It's in the flipping basement isolated there's absolutely no draft that can get down there like plausibly in my logical mind yeah. so um that's always cool for me to think about but yeah we've, we've done that twice we'll probably end up doing it again at some point it was a good time it was a good time yeah we have lots of stories from there <laughs> we could probably do a whole episode we might have already done an episode on it indirectly so. yeah. maybe yeah so rob there was one place on here that i saw that um, I was kind of surprised to see on here, on this list of crazy haunted bars to go to. Oh, yeah? What yeah. Um, the Stanley Hotel. Well, yeah, I guess if they got a bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, it's a given to include the hotel, which has four restaurants on site, including a whiskey bar and a lounge of 1,200 kinds of whiskey. Um, since a nightmare in room 217 inspired Stephen King to write The Shining. So the Stanley has been on our bucket list probably forever. Where is that located? It's in Estes Park, Colorado. Okay. So here you can be touched by unseen spirits, including one that may rifle your hair or crawl into bed with you, or hear a creepy disembodied voice. You can hear talking. Um, supposedly there's haunted tunnels under the hotel and a pet cere- p- pet cemetery. Should we keep going or are we good? Is the description. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, totally. I had no idea that there was four restaurants and a whiskey bar there. I guess it makes sense because the place is huge. Yeah. But whenever you see it, you just see pictures of the hotel. Yeah, because they always talk about the room that's haunted that Stephen right. King had all the experiences in. And well, after I read that, it made me want to go there even more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one, of my, one of my closest friends just moved back from Colorado. I wish I wish I knew I would have went out and saw him and stayed at the hotel. Yeah. I mean, well, we looked at room prices one time. It wasn't that crazy. It was just a matter of getting out to Colorado. Yeah. Right. Hotel. yeah. It looks nice, too. Yeah. yeah. But that, um, if you've ever seen The Shining... That is the inspiration, the, hotel, the Stanley yeah. Hotel. And, you know, a lot of um, the stuff that's gone on there, it's probably one of, I would have to say it's probably been a consistently haunted location. Like for years and years and years, decades and decades, documented things happening there. Right. So by so many different people. And whenever there's a lot of different experiences, like lots of different kinds of experiences, I'm always more intrigued. Right. Because then I feel like there's bigger possibility for something to happen. Right. I personally don't want some ghost coming into my room and trying to get <laughs> lay, in bed. Lay bed with you. But <laughs> I would like to be at the whiskey bar cheersing somebody who's not actually there. Yeah. <laughs> right. That That's would be rad. fun. <laughs> Absolutely. But I was I was surprised to see that on this like list that I was looking at because I never even thought that there was anything else there besides the hotel. It makes sense because you know, see the shining there, all the scenes in the bar. Yeah. So, but you know, you just don't think room. about that because you think like, right. oh, it's the movie. How how similar could it really be? Yeah, I guess so. But, but if you look at pictures of the real hotel and then you watch the movie, you're like, it looks very very similar. Yeah, yeah. Does it have the carpet and everything? I don't know about the carpet, but like if you look at like exterior location, like yeah. pictures of like where does it's it have located. a hedge maze. I don't know if the real one does. It might. <laughs> it might. That's a good question. That's it's like, cool. it's a huge, huge It's like up in the mountains, yeah. still in nowhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
really really cool a really uh, a really cool place nearby um is the red coach inn i don't know if you've been up here right i think it's right in like niagara falls right right near niagara falls um yeah i was i was there pretty recently i think this last summer with uh, casey we were um touring around doing the the three chord strange collaboration thing here we were doing we just shot a um no, it had to be two summers ago i just shot their commercial for them where i made an original cocktail for them and uh so we went up there to kind of celebrate with the family and we we went there and we didn't really know anything about it they just wanted to try something new and we ended up getting a tour of the place and it's, it has like a small hotel bit on it very small and um it was wicked haunted w- wicked wicked haunted so i looked into their story and i guess a newlywed couple was checking into their victorian suite on the third story and um the next day they found the wife bludgeoned to death with a candlestick holder um her face is like smashed in i guess one side of her face and um the people there say like the the cleaning service and everything say they see her all the time they see like a woman in a nice white gown who turns around and half her face is broken in uh, which would freak the hell out of me. <laughs> like, For sure. You know, talk about cheersing someone if I'm sitting at a bar <laughs> yeah. and, like, they turn their faces mangled. Yeah, like, no. like, yeah, one side is great, and then they, yeah, yeah. no thank you. And they also, mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't find much on this story, but they say they see, like, a four-year-old girl running around, too. And I didn't find a story of, like, why they would think that. But the, the bride story is, like, a big one there. So. Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever in the Niagara Falls region, go check that out. Red, Red Coach Inn. That's um, a really cool local one. Very cool. Yeah, I never heard of that one before. Um, I have like one local one to go over real quick. So I don't know if you guys have heard of the old Angel Inn at Niagara on the Lake. No. So the story behind that place, and this is an active place that's still open. Like anybody can go and check this place out. But I wanted to share it because they actually posted an evidence photo on their website that's pretty impressive. So the whole ghost story... Do you have a picture of it? I do. And when you put up the episode, you can post it. I'm sure that they probably wouldn't care because it's public on their website. Um, So the popular legend that shows up as, like, the most, you know, inclusive account of what happened was in the 1820s when an unfortunate Canadian militia soldier was killed at the inn during the American invasion of May in 1813. Captain Collins Swayze had delayed joining the British retreat in order to uh, rendezvous with a young woman, believed to be his true love. Surprised by American soldiers sent to search the inn, he hid in an empty barrel in the cellar. The invaders used bayonets to prod every corner and possible place of concealment, and the unlucky lover received a fatal wound. They have a barrel still in their basement. That's cool. (laughs) If you go there, it has a really cool feeling of just like that oldness to it, that history sense of it. Um, And the first time I ever went there, I was kind of like, wow, there's something about this place. And I didn't know the history of it. And when I went down to like where the restroom is, it was like downstairs and around a corner and like there was a barrel. And then the story was right there. So it was kind of like, okay, there's something to this. Uh, Some believe that the ghost of Captain Swayze is fated to walk the inn at night, perhaps longing for his sweetheart. There have been reports of noises coming from the quote-unquote empty dining room, rearranged place settings, and other unexplained occurrences. It is said that his ghost will remain harmless as long as the British flag flies over the inn, which it still does. 
um, a precaution, you know, taken by the proprietor. So that is something that hasn't changed. The last encounter that they had listed was in September of 2020. Um, after closing, our resident ghost was caught on camera. The next morning during routine checkup and maintenance, we noticed that the motion sensor was set off the night prior. When we reviewed the footage, we were shocked to see a familiar shape walking around the cottage late at night. As you can see for yourself, the ghostly shape appears to be wearing a militia officer's uniform. We'll be sure to share any future ghost stories and footage as we capture it. So that's directly from their website. Um, I printed the picture so that you guys can kind of take a look at it, but we'll have to share this. It's interesting. And I feel like we always are like, where's the evidence? If yeah. so many people have had these experiences, like where is the evidence? But this was actually really cool. So it's pretty interesting. So it set off their motion sensor cameras. Yeah. Right. And it looks, yeah, you can see the hat kind of outlined very clearly. It's hard to explain. Like I wanted right. Rob to look at it, yes. especially you'll have to go to their website, Rob, and look at it. Cause, um, it's more impressive when it's I not think, like yeah, the printed big, out. The biggest thing is like the hat. You can see yeah. the hat outline. And like the ribbing clearly. from like the front of his uniform. Because right. next to it is like a picture of like the typical militia wear. Right. That's pretty wild. What does the skeptic think? I want to see the whole video. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. There's a video button right there. Yeah. <laughs> but that is a place that you can still go to. There's a... Um, like a set of rooms that you can rent over to the side. You can have dinner at the inn. There's a bar there. Um, and it might be a place that at some point we might want to get to because it's only like 40 minutes away, basically like right over the border for us. But I thought that was a really cool story. And then it had something, you know, to look at as far as right, evidence goes. Because right. firsthand accounts are always really interesting and I love to hear about them. But when somebody's like, oh, by the way, here's a picture of it. Right. Now you're like, okay, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Right. Like, how did that happen? And to not have, you know, to know that there was nobody there at that time. And if you look at it, again, like we'll have to maybe put it up when we put up this episode. I don't know. It's kind of compelling. That's pretty cool. I mean, it's not like an outline of just, you know, a ghost. Right. <laughs> it's not like a dark shadow. Right. It, um has a different kind of look to it and different feel to it. So I just thought that was a really cool little bit of local history, but then also, you know, stuff that's still happening there. Yeah. Like that place has been open for so long and it's another like situation like the Stanley where so many people have gone and had experiences. Yeah. But then, you know, to have them actually post something publicly. And I love when people do that because that opens them up for ridicule. It opens right. them up for speculation. So it's like you really have to stand behind if you're going to put something out there public like that. And I love that they did it, that it's just, like, right out there on their website. Yeah, you don't see that a whole lot anymore. No. There's a really neat video. Uh, a guy, one of my, actually, my friend from Colorado sent me um, probably a couple months back of this dude filming himself because his he, he inherited his grandmother's house. And then you see him in the background, like, his couch back faces the kitchen. And you see the cupboard starting to open and slam. And what's most believable is, like, his terror. Like, you see, he's almost in tears. This grown man is just almost in petrified of fear seeing this happen. And that's, like, the one of the most compelling evidences I've ever seen is, like, yeah. you know, I, I've seen things move and, and, you know, whatever. People can make things happen. But for him to be, like, almost in tears, it felt authentically, he was authentically afraid. Right. And that, that to me, is compelling. Like, all right, this must be really happening. We'll have to dig up the portico footage for him. 
Yes, please do. I want to see yeah. anything. I have it. For sure. As I said, I want to have a little party. See all yeah. your evidence. I love it. I'm all about it. Well, it's funny because like when we go through stuff, we're like, oh my God, I forgot all about this. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes like I forgot we even went to this place. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's really cool. And um, I love talking about this stuff. And Doug, we're so glad you could join us for Thank another you. episode. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so we much. We hope you'll come on. back again in the future. We haven't scared yes. you no, off too much no. from our parababble experience here. <laughs> um, if they... Huh. If they what? <laughs> if they what? I was just going to say, if they want to get a hold of Parababble or they want to get a hold of Doug, we should probably let people know how to do that. Yeah, Parababble is at Parababble.com. <laughs> Parababblepodcast at gmail.com. There you go. Oh, yeah, that one. We're not cool enough to have a real website. <laughs> if you go there, you can see a list of their favorite fruits. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to post that tomorrow now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We'll um, post some links for, for Doug's stuff, too. So yes, that... please do. Liquid Art Mixology. You can search on Instagram is the best way to get a hold of us. Awesome. Thanks again. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs>